Welcome to Money's a Mitch podcast. I'm Mitch Newman, and I am determined to provide you with the best of the best state-of-the-heart tools and techniques to support you in redefining, reframing, and reigniting. That's a lot of re's. That flame inside of you that will propel you to your next levels of success. Together, we're going to explore and do a deep dive into really all aspects of conscious leadership and what it really takes to lead oneself and others at this higher level of consciousness with the intention and the outcome of creating maximum impact and contribution in all areas of your life. We will laugh, most definitely cry, the good cry, of course, hopefully, and without a doubt, discover the magic that exists inside of each and every one of you. So, if you're not afraid of the unknown, let's get to it. So, so this is classic. So, every day when I record my podcast, there's ser- series of things that happen. I sit down, kind of just get myself in the right headspace, right heart space. And just as I'm about to press record, just as just as I'm about to hit it, the dogs start barking. So bear with me. They may start barking again. I don't know. They just, I think they wait. It's kind of like when you have kids and they don't need you until you're on the phone. Daddy, daddy. Oh my God. I've been, I'm on the phone. They don't care. So maybe it's the dogs. Even though the door's closed, maybe they just know that I'm about to do this and they want my attention. I don't know. In any event, this is not about my dogs. This is just about a little bit behind the scenes, but this is really about money is a Mitch is about conscious leadership, the ups, the downs, the sideways, uh, the challenges that a lot of people face when it comes down to wanting to lead differently or have the opportunity to find out even to discover that what they thought was leadership is really leadership from a hundred years ago and not necessarily leadership now, right? Leadership that makes a difference leadership that, that takes us so many people. I, I saw, I saw a woman today in the dog park that I haven't seen in a long time and she knows my background. She knows what I do. And she was talking about how many people that she knows from the dog park who work for really big corporations. And even though they're working at home, they're they're not liking the way they're treated. They're just coming to this new awareness. They don't feel appreciated. They feel like there's just all this pressure on them and they're quitting. Like in droves. She goes, I just have to tell you what you're doing. And I've listened to your stuff. What you're doing is really powerful and it's necessary. Because more and more people are just, they're they're just, they've had enough. They've had enough. Now, that's not to say that every company operates that way because I do believe that the shift is happening. I do believe more and more people are waking up and realizing that leading people and managing people and all the different things that people were doing in the past were designed in a way that they treated people as if they were uh, replaceable. So they would burn people out knowing that there would be somebody else that would come along, take the job, maybe even somebody younger that would work for less money. So I think more and more people are just kind of are done. They're just done with not being treated properly. And a lot of companies also woke up and said, hey, this isn't working for us either. We want to shift too. We want to be a part of this, uh, a new paradigm shift in, in the way we lead because they're seeing 
a shift in consciousness. They're experiencing it themselves. They're seeing it within their own families. So there is a waking, an awakening that's happening. People are waking up more and more, and it's a it's a process. And some days it it appears as if it's going faster than others, and some days it needs to slow down, and other elements need to catch up, and then it picks up steam again. But one of the things that I will tell you that absolutely must exist when when companies are, are reshaping or uh, re-examining how they've led people is that they have to start really leading with an open heart. They have to start looking at the whole person. They have to stop thinking about this person is expendable, this person is replaceable, I'm going to get the most I can, they're probably going to leave anyway. And they're going to have to start investing in people. And when they lead with an open heart, that's exactly what they're doing. They're listening to the people that, that work for them. They're finding out what is working, what's not working. They're able to create an environment where people can get together and they walk into a room or they walk into a retreat center, wherever this may be, in the office, outside of the office, probably preferably outside of the office. And they say, listen, title set aside, history set aside, what's working, what's not working. And I've learned this from my kids because when you get into a power struggle, well, this is the way we do it. This has to be done. You need to do it this way. And you, and you act that way. You tend to get that same result. Or you realize that the result that you're getting isn't really improving and it's actually creating resentment. And I learned this, I think I've shared this before, where, where, when we do family meetings. And what happened was there was a pattern. It's like kind of like calling a meeting in an office, right? We have to have a meeting in the office, everybody in the conference room. And everybody's like, what did I do now? What did I do wrong? Well, it's the same thing that was happening in our family meetings. We'd get to a family meeting. I'd call the family meeting. The kids would scream from the other room, what did we do now? So we'd come into the living room, and I could see that their energy was off, and their energy was shifted. And then I decided, I just got to hit, I'm going to change it up here. Instead of saying, hey, you, how many times do I have to tell you to clean up after yourself and put dishes in the dishwasher and all of stop stepping over dirt and actually pick it up the dirt that you created. Instead of having to do that, I just turned to them and I said, listen, in what ways could I be a better dad? Oh, energy shifted. Why? Because I approached it with an open heart. Instead of what, what's, what's wrong, what you're doing wrong and they're not listening and it doesn't change. Here's the funny thing about teenagers. It doesn't change. You heard it here. It doesn't change. You can rant and rave and go on. It doesn't change. It doesn't shift. It's very, very slow. Small increments. Hardly noticeable. <laughs> but all of a sudden I shifted. I said, well, in what ways could I be a better father? And so now all of a sudden people are going away on retreats and the person who's the boss or the leader or the manager who's been utilizing a style that just kind of hounds on people and pounds people, all of a sudden they're going, what ways could I be a better manager to you? And what ways do you think we could be more efficient in what we do and how we do it? In what ways do you believe uh, you could improve upon your own work in a way that focuses on what the stuff that you really do love doing? So you start having larger 
conversations. We start asking bigger questions that take into consideration the whole person. We take into consideration that a leadership slash management style that happens with an open heart leads leads to change, leads people to want to change, leads people to want to grow. It's a whole different thing. Then we become collectively awed by a shared sense of purpose. We're gathering together and we're connecting in a way where we're not thinking about anything but our collective hearts. We're not pulling in the past and things that didn't go right or things that went wrong or choices that were made. No judgment. It's just heart to heart. What can we do better? How can we do better? What are the things that excite you that perhaps you're not doing that if you actually did more of, you would, you would enjoy what you're doing to a whole nother level? See, when you force people to do things because you say, well, it has to get done. It's any way you look at it, it has to get done. Okay. But when you create this sense of force, you lose flow. There's no flow. I've talked about this before. And I loved coming back to it because I literally will probably once a week for sure will pull up videos of starlings and murmurations and how they fly in formation. And I'm just awed by it because you can't really determine who the leader is. They're just in flow. There's just a collective sharing of information on where the food supplies would be, <laughs> whatever else birds talk about. I don't know. But they've done, they've done studies on this. They've used computerized imaging and uh, stuff that's way beyond me that they've been able to determine what, what goes on and how it works and how they get into a certain flow and how their strength in numbers. Man, when you have a, a leadership team that's divided, there's no strength in numbers. It's individuals forcing their will upon others. It's individuals deciding certain things that may or may not be true that leads to mistrust that allows things to just simply fall apart. But when you have strength in numbers and you're in flow, and everybody is contributing. They're in their gift zone. They're, they're in, that, in that place where they're able to share freely without repercussion. And not to focus on what's wrong. Just, God, man, you change the conversation completely instead of saying, well, here's what's wrong. It's, it's just go, what can we do that would make this better? What if we were not allowed to tell a story about how things didn't work? And all we could do was talk about solutions from our hearts. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm experiencing. Man, more and more people, what they really truly want, and you wonder, you say to yourself, God, these people are at home. A lot of these people are working from home. They're getting paid nice salary and they're miserable. They're not even having to go into an office. So what's missing? What's missing is a sense of freedom. People want to be free. People want to be free. And when 
they're judging themselves and they feel other people are judging them. There's nothing that's freeing about that experience. It holds them back. Their best work is behind them, not in front of them. So leading with an open heart, listening to people. Now, that doesn't mean you listen and listen and listen and listen. <laughs> At some point, there has to be, okay, I've heard you, and what's the action we're now going to take in the world? What's the direction that we're going to go in that where we can actually Im- improve upon? See, an open heart doesn't necessarily mean that you're allowing unlimited energy to be drained from you if there's no purpose, if there's no odd shared sense of purpose. When that's what we're looking for, when that's what we're looking to achieve. But man, oh man, what happens when people start to lead from an open heart, place of an open heart. What people can learn to understand about themselves. And that's the only way it works. It doesn't work. You can't fake leading from an open heart if your heart isn't open. You can't teach somebody, okay, here's how you pretend to open your heart. And pretend to give a shit about somebody else. People will see through that in a, in a heartbeat, pun intended. They will see through that. It's not about going, well, hey, let's try that as a strategy. It's like, no. Let's try that because it just makes sense. Like it just resonates deeply inside. We teach and we lead and we manage and we do all of those things from a more effective place and we were able to get sustainable results, consistent results over time because we've learned the things that work. We learn the things and understand the things that make us happy. We've, we've been able to comprehend what it is that opens our own hearts so that we can then model that for other people and stimulate and inspire that in other people. Now, there was nobody that was more surprised by, in what ways could I be a better dad than my daughters? They paused and they hesitated. They feel like, is is there a catch to this question? (laughs) We've never heard this question before. I was just waiting to get slammed for not doing something. But when they paused and they looked at me and they saw that I was waiting for an answer and that I didn't have a smile on my face that was like, I'm making a joke here. And they saw that it was real and it was genuine. It was like all of a sudden they got, well, (laughs) and they had a list. And it was cool stuff. It was doable stuff. It was awareness moments for me that allowed me to say, oh, okay, I can see how they could feel that way and how that, okay, cool. And doesn't mean I say yes to everything. I can say, well, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to do that. I'm not quite willing to do this. And here's why. So I want them to understand I'm not, I'm not just saying no because I'm the dad and my dad says no. I'm saying no or not now, and I'm giving a reason why. So they have a little insight into my thought, into my thinking. I'm not yelling. I'm not screaming. I'm not raising my voice. I'm effectively listening, and I'm effectively responding with an open heart. I'm not reactive. I'm just simply responding. Now, you take that 
and you put that into a work environment as well. Or the spouse. In what ways could I be a better wife? What ways could I be a better husband? What ways could I be a better business partner? See, the seeking of solutions is the indication that we want to be better. And we want to be better because we want to have more fun. And we want to have more fun because we want to have more freedom. And we want to love what we do. And to the greatest extent we can, we want to love the people that we do it with. Doesn't have to happen. Doesn't always mean that's the case. And it's something to aspire to. So think about it. In what ways can you lead with an open heart? In what ways can you ask more empowering questions of other people? Personally, professionally, doesn't matter. But just having that awareness of I'm going to start looking at me as a whole person. And when I do, I'm able to see you as a whole person. And from that place, from this open heart, things shift. Things grow. Things get better. I'm Mitch Newman. We'll see you again next time. Hey, so if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so, you know, we can hang out every Monday. You can also follow me on Instagram at Life's a Mitch. And if you feel so inspired, make sure to tag me in your stories. I really appreciate hearing from people who are listening in. So if you have any ideas, any feedback, any questions, don't be shy. Please send them along. Who knows? Something you share or suggest may spark a future episode. So until next week, remember, life's a Mitch and then you thrive. <laughs>